This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to this episode of Alopecia Life. Today, our guest is Natalie Lahr. Natalie has had androgenic alopecia for over 11 years. Throughout the episode, we talk about how she came to be known as Alopecia Fashionista, how beginning college while dealing with hair loss felt, and she has great advice for those who are ready to start wearing toppers or wigs. Natalie, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Thank you for having me. You bet. It's exciting to have you and to talk about a lot of things. You you and I had a discussion last week and we were talking about your alopecia and where you live and when it started. And I'd love for you to share your alopecia story with listeners today. Most listeners are living with alopecia areata, so autoimmune alopecia, and you have androgenic alopecia. Is that right? Yes, I have androgenic alopecia and I've been dealing with it for 11 years. So it's been quite some time. Yeah. And a lot of listeners will be able to understand that because they've either been misdiagnosed with androgenic alopecia or they're living with it themselves. So feel free to just share about how you were diagnosed. Yeah. So it's been a long journey, especially with androgenic alopecia. It's a very fine line of when someone decides that you have hair loss, basically. And it's androgenic alopecia is very gradual and slow over time. So you could be unsure on what's happening with your hair and it's not so dramatic. It was definitely a slow process. So I started losing my hair at the age of 10. So in grade school, I'm around fourth grade. And now I'm in college. I'm in my third year and I definitely have androgenic alopecia. However, I've been just throughout the years going to every doctor imaginable, specialist, um, trying oils and medications and steroids and changing so many diets. And not one doctor has ever brought up, you know, you have androgenic alopecia or was ever worried or concerned about my hair loss. And It's just something that is still so new and there's not really a cause or just like an answer to kind of explain what is going on, what's happening, and if there's a way to help it. And finally, I kind of saw a specialist and it was more for thyroid, but she kind of brought up that, you know, with thyroid and stuff, it's common for women to experience androgenic alopecia. And I was in my second year of college and my hair just really started falling out. I don't know if it was stress, change of environment, but it definitely did take a big toll on me. And it definitely just has been a journey of just trying to figure it out. Yeah, I can imagine that's super frustrating. I know that that most listeners can relate to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you were, were you diagnosed with Hashimoto's then just a couple of years ago? Uh, yes. So I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's around age 16 or 17 common age to just kind of like start taking birth control. They just did like a wellness checkup and 
the nurse saw just visually that my thyroid was very inflamed, looked swollen. She felt it. It was like, I think you really need to go see a specialist for thyroid or Hashimoto's because I mean, I just can visually see that it's super inflamed. And of course it was. And Hashimoto's is like another whole other autoimmune disease that is challenging. Mm -hmm. That's really great that an observant nurse noticed that. So as your hair's thinning, were you wearing anything? Were you covering it up, a headband, anything like that? Yeah. So I, I would say like in elementary school, I really liked headbands, probably liked them because they did cover my head a little and I was able to like pull the hair back. So you couldn't really see, uh, my thinning is a lot like at the crown top front area of the most obvious area. <laughs> it's hard to hide, but I had very frizzy, curly, short hair. So it did give the illusion that was a lot fuller for a longer time. I was able to get away with it. I started wearing uh, my very first topper going into my second year of college. I got my first topper on my 20th birthday. I was like, I asked my mom, like, can we please go to like a wig shop together? I am over it. I'm ready to have some amazing hair and just kind of dive into the hair world. And can you explain to the listeners what a topper is? Because I know we've, most people will know, but I've been looking on Facebook support pages and someone asked the question the other day, and I'd love to hear your experience of what a, what a topper is and how it worked for you. Yeah. So uh, toppers is just another like alternative hair, um, similar to wigs. So wigs is like a full cap. And most people know what wigs are, but a topper is kind of, I would say like training wheels before you start wearing a wig. (laughs) Um, Some people just stick to toppers, some will transition, but it's kind of like a half wig. So it's not a full coverage and there's like different sizes and stuff and it clips into like areas where you would want to cover. So if you just have mild hair loss or just thinning in one area, you're kind of able to just kind of cover that part. It's lightweight. It's easy. Um, You can still wear your hair up and stuff. It's just another option out there. Awesome. And how long did you wear that until you transitioned to a full wig? I wore it for a few months and then my thinning just kind of got worse in the front of my hairline because a lot of my thinning is in the front. And I was just having a hard time trying to blend my hair into the topper and kind of hide that transition. So then I eventually just went to a wig. And since I have such like frizzy, curly hair in the topper, had such beautiful, silky, shiny texture, like did not match. So I was like styling my hair and then styling the topper to try to get it to go. And I was like, I'm just going to do a wig and not have to worry about anything or blending. And my hair can thin all at once. And I don't have to stress about trying to cover the topper. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, all that extra work to get that look for sure. And you began, you were in college right in the very beginning when you started to wear a full wig. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely wearing hair in a big environment. Um, I go to like a very big college and definitely trying to get used to wearing hair and big crowds and stuff can be a little bit like a lot of anxiety and stress. And you're always wondering if anyone's like noticing they're probably not, but it's always at the back of your head. Mm -hmm. And 
I hear a lot of talk about, oh, my, my daughter's going to college next year. She wants to have a single room because she doesn't want to talk to her roommate. And, and these people that you don't know, right, you're kind of just thrown into having roommates that you don't get to choose. Yes, exactly. My freshman year um, was probably where I lost most of my hair the most. And that's when I was in the dorm. I wasn't wearing hair at that time. Um, I did right after I kind of got out of the dorm life, but my roommates were, um, I wouldn't have been comfortable going through that. And they were definitely like the classic um, roommates that you didn't pick. (laughs) And that age group too, you know, you're sharing something very vulnerable. A lot of kids or people don't know or educated about hair loss and how common it is. And um, I totally understand coming from that point of wanting a separate room. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like there was something that you did to kind of take control of that, that time frame when you decided to transition? And then did you, did you ever open up to those roommates just out of curiosity? Um, So I, you know, like the moment that that semester or that year was over, I haven't been in contact with them. I'm sure they saw my hair page at some point. You know how Instagram likes to recommend mm-hmm. other accounts to people. But I just started kind of being more open about it once I started sharing on social media. Surprisingly, I was posting a little bit about my journey as a student wearing hair, just kind of learning all the tips and tricks. Um, sharing it to strangers and being public before even sharing it with like friends and family. But, you know, just kind of sharing and connecting with other women dealing with the same thing kind of made me more open and feel a little more confident and then start kind of sharing it into my personal life. Yeah. And most folks, if they follow you on Instagram or TikTok, will know you as Alopecia Fashionista. How did you come about with that name? Yeah. So I, didn't want my like full name in the username. <laughs> so if people like looked me up or I made a new friend and they didn't know I wore hair, I didn't want like my whole hair page to come up and people see me because I was still, uh, when I started that page, I was still very new to hair. I bar- I've been barely wearing it for a month and haven't told anyone. So mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to help normalize hair and share my journey. So I used alopecia for those that were maybe trying to look up information or wanted to connect with someone that's also dealing with hair loss. And then I just needed something that was going to stand out and rhyme because I do also share like lifestyle and beauty and things that I love. And my boyfriend actually um, helped me pick out that name. We were just brainstorming a bunch of things that would flow. So he's super supportive and helped me with my page as well. Awesome. What's your boyfriend's name? Um, Chris. Chris. And he sometimes comes on like live videos because everyone has like dating questions or mm-hmm. yeah, it's really fun. Now, how long have you known Chris and been with him? We've been together for over two years now. And he was, we met before I started wearing hair. So he saw me when my hair was like really falling out and he was really supportive when I started wearing hair and he's been fully involved and he knows what toppers and wigs are and all the different types. (laughs) I love that. There's, there's a lot of questions that come up too about, oh, you know, you've been with your boyfriend, but you know, you had full head of hair before, you know, you guys met. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I feel like that's a very um, devaluing statement, right? That, there aren't partners that will accept us for the way we look before and after. Yeah. Yeah. 
totally agree with that. And, you know, it says a lot about that person too, if they're based off of looks. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. For sure. And you are a content creator for Milano Wigs. Yeah, so I share a lot of wigs on my page and I love wearing their wigs. I wear their wigs like my everyday. Um, I own a few of them and I create content and I love partnering with them. You mentioned to me that you have kind of a smaller, more narrow head and it's challenging to find a wig that really fits well. Yeah, surprisingly, I coming into the wig world and starting to try to find other brands and just see like options out there, you'll notice that most brands will have every color combo style only in size medium. There's even more sizes that are a large than a size small. And for me having a small head and having my head buzz, so I don't have any hair to like fit under, try to fill up the cap, it can be really difficult. And I do have a narrow head. And thankfully, Milano does have like a, they can do alterations to wigs, which I can, even if it's not a Milano, I can bring it in and they can kind of take it in, which is a really great option. So I feel like it's a very specialty thing. But yeah, it's really been a challenge. And I hope that more places will have more smalls. Sometimes with um, wigs, it will fit like circumference, um, fit around my head really good. But in the back, it will be kind of baggy, assuming that you're putting a ponytail in there or something. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Do you choose a wig from Alano in the showroom and then they cut and style it and color it for you? The last wig that I got, they had like a pre-cut. So one of the stylists went ahead and added a balayage and did um, some face framing and stuff. And I saw it on the shelf. It was so beautiful. And it just happened to be a size small. So I <laughs> snagged that one. There's not a lot of those in the color and the size and everything. And then the other one, I just knew what I wanted and ordered it. And a lot of their stuff you can order online as well, which is amazing because I know a lot of people aren't in range to go in person. Right, for sure. And what do you see coming up for you and Alopecia Fashionista? I know you mentioned maybe you you wish you kind of would have used your personal name, but at that time it wasn't it wasn't an option for you at the moment. Yeah, so I it's like a passion. I live for doing what I do. I love creating content and being just creative and inspiring others, normalizing hair loss. I'm studying social media marketing right now, and I just want to continue to grow my page and reach out to people. And it's just been an amazing journey, open doors. I actually started off as a computer science major. After starting my page, just for fun, I realized this is something that I love and have a passion for. Fantastic. And how can people find you on social media when they're looking for you? My username, like on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, it's all the same. Mm -hmm. It's just alopecia underscore fashionista on my Instagram too. I usually have like a link in my bio, a link tree, and you can just click there and it has all the options. I even have a blog post on there that you can click on as well. Fantastic. And you show a lot of video on there. I was really impressed by the content that you're providing as far as how wigs fit and what makes them feel the best for you. So thanks so much for doing that. Yeah, of course. And people always ask me like, how do you wash and like all that 
detail stuff. I have like a whole highlight of tutorials and you can go through there of how I style my wigs, wash them, curl them, travel. There's a lot of information on there. Perfect. I love that. Thank you again for being with us today, Natalie. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Thank you for listening to this episode with Natalie Lahr. She provides a lot of value with her content. To find out more, read her blog or check out her YouTube tutorials. Her Linktree information is listed in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.